And just doing those hard things is going to make you overall better. And if you're better overall, then everything else gets easier as well, too. I need some kind of dose, but I just need the least amount of dose I can get. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. It took yeah. me a second. I get it. I get it, Michael. Good. You're talking about the maximum effective dose. No, the opposite. The minimum effective dose. Oh. Uh, it's called MED for short. <laughs> it's EMD. EMD. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, yeah. So today <laughs> we talked about Japanese learning. We did. We did. Which is not rare for us, but what is rare or not rare or yeah. what is. We, we told you to study less, actually. Yeah. We told you you're studying too much and why that's bad. Yeah. Please stop studying. Yeah. Eight you, hours a day. You should. You should. Um, and we taught you how to be really efficient with your study. Like our main goal was to make sure that the time that you're spending studying Japanese, that time was not gone to waste. And you have time for the rest of your life too. like seeing seeing your lovely children again, finally, after all those years of Japanese study <laughs> and where you're doing Japanese rote memorization, speaking ja Japanese to them. Yeah. Though maybe not if you weren't using these study methods. Yeah. Uh, we talked about how how a lot of study methods, they make you feel good. They make you feel like you're making progress, but really, well, you're making a little progress, but you're not making as much progress as yeah. you can. It's you're making just not efficient. snail progress instead of rabbit progress. Mm -hmm. And we also talked about uh, why you should do hard things instead of things that, you know, just yeah. aren't. It's so it, easy to do easy things, but yeah, because hard things feel slow. So, like, why would you do them? They suck. Yeah, nobody likes it. They take up time. Maybe they're not efficient at all, right? Maybe you Maybe. have to listen on. And we we also talked about how to steal other people's training methods. Yeah, in order to make your progress a lot faster. Yeah, because no no person is an island, and that extends to Japanese. No person is an island. That is Although true. Japan Michael. is an island. <laughs> But Japan is not a person. No, Japan's not a person. And that's what we talk about in today's podcast. Enjoy! Hey, everybody. Today we're talking about efficiency, or as I like to say, fish. That's a very efficient way to say <laughs> that word, Koichi. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I pride myself on how efficient I am. No, yeah. that, was the, that was the whole word. Yeah, that wasn't so efficient. <laughs> Damn it, I did it too. Hashtag a fish. Hashtag a fish, everyone. Mm -hmm. If you want to be the most efficient, <laughs> we'll send you a fish things. Make you sure you that. spell it correctly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we are, we are talking about efficiency, but mostly, mostly around uh, learning Japanese. But really, you could apply all of this to, uh, well, some of it you could apply to anything. Other parts of it you could apply to language learning. But uh, we're going to talk about it within the realm of learning Japanese. Uh, and we're going to just talk about uh, some of the ways you can, like some of the actionable ways you can make your Japanese learning a little bit more a fish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I'm going to stop saying that from now on. But you'll know that I mean efficient when I say efficient, right? Yeah. So how, how can I get efficient? I mean, I, I study Japanese, and I try to be efficient, but I don't really know if I'm being efficient sometimes. I just kind of read things and, and try and figure it out the best I can. So, so like, what's, what's, like, your number one tip if well, you had to give well, like, me I one? Think, I think that's the thing is just not, not being conscious of, of what you're doing is, uh, is a big, big bad wolf when it comes to efficiency. <laughs> um, Slurring like, me off the path. It's, it's really easy to, I guess, I guess I, I've talked about this a few times on the podcast before, um, but it's just, it's, our brains are really wired to try and take sort of the easiest route, the route with like the least resistance because it's the route with the most highest survival rate, at least back when people died all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, it's really easy to fall into this, this trap of just doing things that are, that feel easy or that feel like you're making progress, mm-hmm. but really in the long term, you're not making that much progress at all. You're just, you're being, I guess, basically very inefficient about how you're doing it, even though it feels like you're very efficient or it feels w- like you're What kinds you're of things little. feel efficient but aren't? Because if you, if you feel like you're efficient, you're like, I'm doing great, but you might not be. Like, what's a, what's a secret trap? Yeah, so like one thing I can think of, and we, we so we, do a lot of this on, on Wani Ukani, uh, which is, sorry, a name dropping. But uh, one of the things that we, or some of the things that we do on Wani Ukani are we actually purposely make it a little bit hard for you to learn. And so like things like, uh, like multiple choice, for example, that feels like you're making a lot of progress. Yeah. Right? You, and you see, click that little bubble. And, and you're you probably get it right. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So you got, you have four choices and, you know, you know usually it's a, uh, it's, it's set up to be just kind of random, the four answers. And, and three of the answers are really obviously not the correct answer. Right. And, uh, and then when you see the correct answer there, it triggers the correct answer in your memory. Like that's all you need to like go to where your memory is in your brain and realize that that's the correct answer. So and it's kind of like giving you a tip. Yeah, before, like you don't actually have to find it in your brain. It's just right. saying, hey, you're not, you're not forced to go through that process of recall. You're just narrowing down the possible answers and then you get the answer correct a little dopamine goes off you feel good that you got the answer correct and you feel like you're making progress you feel like you're learning you might be learning a little bit but in the end you're just kind of you're not really learning at all you just feel like you're learning and so that's that's an example of feeling like you're being efficient uh, feeling like you're making progress but really in the end you're just I don't know not not making that much progress at all Mm -hmm. and that's not very efficient I think like just making little baby progress. Yeah, and like the idea of efficiency is just like making as much progress, like as much real progress as you can within the shortest amount of time and figuring out how to do that and set yourself up for success around that so that, you know, you're, you are making good progress all the time. So I think the thing with efficiency, it's not so much like what you do. Well, it is what you do, but it's, it's mostly like what, what foundations you set up, what systems you set up so that you're always in a good situation to be as efficient as possible. And sometimes those routes, they're not like, they're not the most fun routes is, is I guess what I want to say. Like they're hard, they're difficult. Oh no. So I have to do some hard work. Yeah. You got to do some hard work. Okay. And so, <laughs> but in the end it's going to pay off. Yeah. In the end you get there, you get to the, the end goal a lot faster. Right. Um, so like one example of course was, was multiple choice. Right. So like, uh, and, and sorry, I keep bringing up Wadi Kani, but like for learning kanji, uh, 
like we do a lot of things that make things harder for people, but actually it makes them learn their kanji, learn their vocabulary a lot faster overall. And we probably lose some customers because of that. Like people, they want to feel like they're making progress. And that's why, so for example, like、uh, I know they use multiple choice.、Um, and so like、mm-hmm. you feel、memorize、like you're making a lot of progress. Multiple choice. Do they? I don't I mean,、yeah. use memorize. But yeah. And then,、uh, and then Anki, they don't use mul- multiple choice, but they kind of let you decide whether or not you got the answer correct rather than actually being black and white about it.、Um, we can talk about that later. But. In Wani Kani, we actually force people to recall the answer and type it in. So it's, it's harder. It's definitely harder. It's definitely more painful. But the act of recalling something like that is actually, you know, just, I don't know how many times more effective than multiple choice it is, but it's, it's, it's quite a bit more effective. Probably at least twice as effective. Yeah, I would say compared to multiple choice, I would, like if I was just guessing, I would say between like five and ten times more. Yeah. Efficient or more, more effective, but that's that's just me guessing, so don't、mm-hmm. don't take that with a don't take it to the bank, but put it in your、bank. pocket, don't take it to the bank and and put a grain of salt on it, and then we're good to go.、Um, yeah, multiple choice. Uh, there's there's like a lot of other things you do if we're while we're talking about flashcards or wanting Connie.、Uh, another thing that we do is called interleaving, and that's another way to make things a little bit more difficult for yourself. And interleaving, what basically that is, is you're taking things within a, like kind of a category. And so if you're doing flashcards, that's all one big category of flashcards.、Uh, but like if you're doing tennis or something like that, you could practice, for example, your serve and then switch to practicing your backhand and then switch to practicing your、Four、front hand. Hands? I don't know, tennis. And your,、uh, your leg hand. Yes, and your leg hand. But basically what you're doing is you're switching back and forth to different、uh, related things. Rather than doing your serve over and over again. So, if you're doing your serve over and over again and just practicing your serve, after three or four times, it's, it's, like, it's pretty natural that your brain it starts getting really tired and it goes into an automatic mode where it doesn't actually get better. It doesn't actually progress. It just sticks to where it is and learns how to do that and just do it over and over and over again. And so, that can be related to things like、uh, writing the same kanji over and over again, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone who's in a Japanese class, they have their, their kanji sheets where they have to write that one kanji 20 times and then write the next kanji 20 times. But really, after you write it you know, a couple of times, if you write it the same way 20 times, it's basically the same as writing it you know, three or four times, maybe, maybe two or three times. So, like, you can see right there where it's, like, it's very inefficient to just write the same thing over and over again to do that kind of memorization. But if you're doing interleaving, Say you have 10 kanji that you have to learn how to write. Instead of writing one kanji 20 times, what you do is write one kanji one time, write the next kanji one time, write the next kanji one time until you get through your whole list, and then go back to the top and then start again. And so, what you're doing is you're forcing yourself to recall a little bit rather than going into this autopilot mode. But after that first row, should you switch to another piece of paper so you don't see the kanji that you just wrote? Yeah, so that would, be, that would be a little bit different than interleaving. But yeah, that's also another good inter,、uh, efficiency tip where you're, you want to force yourself to recall rather than not, I guess. Is the, yeah, rather than like looking at an、yeah. example and copying. So, like, if you, even, if it, even if it takes a long time, like, say you spend 30 seconds trying to remember how to write a kanji, if you're not looking at the answer and you do manage to recall it, even if it takes a long time, that's going to create a much stronger memory. So, really, the more struggle you, Have 
in a like successful recall. In a failed recall, it doesn't actually make any difference. In a successful recall, what you're, you're doing is you're telling your brain that, okay, this thing is important to, to remember next time. So what you're doing is you're just creating a stronger memory, essentially. Yeah, and whenever you are forced to recall something, that is definitely something that's hard. It's mm-hmm. not fun. Nope. Yeah, it feels really bad, actually. Yeah. Like, sitting there, feeling like an idiot. Like, I know this kanji. It's right on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. So when I do wanikani, if I don't know it and I do know it, but I can't get it, and I have to sit there for a while, because if I type something and that's wrong, then it goes red, and then (laughs) it goes down, and I'm going to have to wait longer to get it burned. Yeah, there's no second chances. You're wrong, you're wrong. You put in the answer, and you're wrong. But, But, like, yeah, go ahead. But, uh, yeah, whenever I get it right, I know that I made a better memory. Whereas with Anki, which Anki is good, and I like Anki yeah, a lot. Yeah, it has its place. Um, whenever, so, like, I might spend five minutes on Wanikani, like, staring at something I don't know, trying to get it. And I, I won't give up because I don't want to get it wrong, and I don't want to send that down, like, one level. But with Anki, I'm just like, ah, oh, what is it? And after maybe one minute or a minute and 30 seconds, I'm just like, ah, show answer. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, I knew that pretty well. Uh, right? Two yeah. days. Because it shows you the answer. And when it shows you the answer, what that's doing is it's actually triggering the memory. And that that actually feels like you're recalling something, remembering something. So that goes back to like just things that feel like you're learning, mm-hmm. things that feel like you're making progress. And then when you see that, I'm not saying everyone does this, but I think most people do it, whether they want to admit it or not. When they see that answer, even though they couldn't answer it by themselves before, they see it and they're like, oh, wait, no, I did know that. I totally yeah. knew it. I remember it now because you, you went through that process of remembering it after seeing the answer. And that's, that's no good. That's not, actually, that's not actually moving you a step forward. So on there, if you say like, yeah, I knew it or it was okay, and it moves the SRS forward, mm-hmm. space, the interval for the space repetition forward, then you're actually kind of cheating yourself and it's going to get harder and harder as you, you move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's just, yeah, that's, those are some examples of what make you feel good. What makes you feel good? What makes us feel good. Yeah, and it makes us feel like we're learning. Like, like when, you, when you press that button and say, yeah, I, kinda, I, I knew that answer on Anki, even when you couldn't recall it before on your own, like that's, that's feeling good and not actually moving forward. It's and like eating that chocolate bar instead of going to the gym maybe that's mm. not a good analogy but chocolate bars sure do feel good <laughs> they, do they, feel don't, good. they don't move your muscles it's, forward i guess it's like it's like eating it's like eating a chocolate bar for dinner instead of eating like a salad for dinner or something go. healthy for dinner like they both give you the same amount of calories mm-hmm. but one feels better and one is actually better for you one right? keeps you regular and the yeah. other one doesn't no one wants to eat the salad every day but Actually, Michael eats his salad every day. He's very good about it. I but do. I've never seen him eat a candy bar for lunch. Yeah. But I do eat candy bars sometimes, yeah. though. <laughs> it feels good, right? Yeah. It feels like, you're, feels like you're getting all the calories you need. Yeah. And you are, but they're, they're different kind of calories. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. Um, so, yeah. So, like, things like no multiple choice. Things like interleaving. So, uh, we talked about interleaving with like writing repetition, but like also like Wanikani, it mixes up kanji, it mixes up radicals, it mixes up vocabulary all into one review cue. So you're going back and forth between kanji and vocabulary and radicals. So you're actually 
what you're doing is you're, you're making it so your brain doesn't go into hypnosis, but also you're making it so that uh, you're making associations between these things. So instead of having kanji and vocabulary in their own different silos, what you're doing is you're putting them together so that you, know, you can make these connections. And that, that helps with memory as well, because the more connections you have to a memory, the easier it is to recall later on. And that, that helps a lot. I wanted to know about studying in small doses, because... Uh, <laughs> Sounds like you read an article that we're talking about. I did. But uh, that is something that Wani Kani makes you do, and that's something that I know people complain about <laughs> Wani Kani with. Is Especially like, in the beginning, right? Yeah, because they're like, I want to study more. I want to eat it all up. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, yeah. No, that's totally true. Like, when people start, and that's, that's, that's another thing about efficiency, is people, people are really excited when they start something new. And that's just, that's true for everything. Like you're starting snowboarding, you're starting golfing, whatever, everything you start that's new, you, you, you feel like you're making a lot of progress. And actually you are making a lot of progress with new things because, well, everything's new. It's not like, it's not like, you know, the basics of something and you're just iterating on that. It's just like everything you learn is a new thing and it's really exciting. It's really fun. And you just want more and more of that. Cause every time you learn something new, you have a little more dopamine and it's it's great, but like people, what they do is they go a little overboard and they want too much to start. And like I've just, and you know, you've probably experienced this before, listener, is that you started something new, you got really into it, and then you just burned out. Like you did too much. It's like when you start a new video game and you're all excited, and then you play it all the time. Yeah, and actually, then you get burned out. Wow, I do that a lot actually. Yeah, it's just like then yeah, then I'm like okay, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Ever since I became a lame adult, that happened. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and so what what Wani Kani does is that it actually forces you, and there's a couple of reasons for this. It forces you to not go too quickly. Uh, it, it limits what you're allowed to learn and how fast you're allowed to learn it. And people they obviously don't like that. They don't want to be told how much to learn, and that's understandable. Um, but just I guess statistically, or just with most people, when you when you learn too much too fast, it, it really ends up making you overwhelmed. It's like a good crab alligator mama mm-hmm. that comes to you and says, time to stop playing with your kanji. You have to come inside. <laughs> Michael, you have to tell me about your childhood now. <laughs> if you were playing with a toy too much, did your mom take it away for playing with it too much? I mean, maybe. I can't remember. Like, Michael, you're getting too excited about this tiger toy. Time to take it away. <laughs> Is that what happened, Michael? No. But I mean, like, it's a good analogy for WaniKani. Is it, though? <laughs> it's like a good mama says, like, okay. hey, you're playing with that kitten too much. Time to put it in the box. Time to let the kitten. <laughs> We're going to put it back in Mr. Schrodinger's box. Yeah. Uh, then you have to tell me if it's still so. alive. <laughs> or not. But if we if we measure it, okay, so it becomes the, real. A, a better analogy is like a good coach that says, "Time to stop playing with your kanji." <laughs> That's well, a different analogy, I guess, right? I guess what I guess what it is 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 it's uh, it really comes down to what's known as minimum effective dose. Yeah, and minimum effective dose, I guess, is 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 basically uh, what what is it? <laughs> It's uh, it's the dose. It's like the, so like if you're boiling water, right? Uh-huh. You, you, you can't, you, water boils at a certain degrees Celsius or Fahrenheit, mm-hmm. which uh, certain scientists know, but have not revealed to us. 
It's it, ever since the Aztecs, that knowledge has <laughs> yeah. been lost to us. But at least, at least we know that there's there's a boiling point for water, and if you boil it hotter, it's not going to boil more. Yeah, it's it just, just keeps boiling. boil. So the same the same is true with um, with learning. It's like you or you know you could also apply this to weightlifting. You can just like be cramming those weights mm -hmm. with uh, you know your bel your beltoids. <laughs> And mm -hmm. with your mucinex, either your mucinex, yep. <laughs> and you're you're building your muscles, <laughs> but you're you're at a, at a certain point you've torn the muscle, it's gonna grow, but you gotta let it rest. Like you can't mm -hmm. just keep cramming those weights. Well, you could, you could, but you're gonna be out for like a week. Yeah, you're. It, you're going to have to recover for a long says, time. Says two people who have never done weightlifting in our lives, probably, <laughs> yes. I assume. I know I haven't. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's the smallest dose that will like produce the, the outcome that you want, basically. Right, yeah. You don't want to overdo it. Yeah. It's, it's, like, so it's like you said with water. It's like with weightlifting. It's like you know, sun, sunbathing as well. Mm -hmm. Like If I go out and, I, and my minimum effective dose for sunbathing is 15 minutes, and that's, that's the point before I start getting real burned. Yeah. You get and, a nice turkey brown. Yeah. And if I, if I stop at 15 minutes and go back inside and start playing that video game that I threw away because mm -hmm. I played too much of it, then I'm not going to burn and I'm going to be able to go back out there the next day. You know, I can take that next step forward. Mm -hmm. But if I stay out there for three hours thinking like, okay, I'm going to get yeah. real tan. You're going to get all tanned in one go. If, if 15 minutes gets me one point of tanning, then, then three hours, that's going to get me, oh God, math. So many more points. points of tanning. Yeah. No, after 15 minutes, you burn, and then you burn worse, and then you're going to not be able to go out again for, for 12 weeks or however long it you're takes. You're in the <laughs> hospital, probably. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, like, the person who went out 15 minutes, okay, they're going to come back the next day, and they're able to do it again, and they're going to make those, those little steps, but the person who burned, they, they burned out. Ooh. Yeah. And uh, their skin peeled off, and they have to start all the way back at the beginning if they wanted to do it again, and that's... That's a minimum effective dose. And that yeah. can be applied to studying as well. Could be applied also to tanning and lifting weights at the same time. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And so I guess the, the lesson there is that you should, you know, you should really stop yourself before you get to that point where you're all burned up and your muscles are torn up from doing your, your tan lifting. Yeah. And your beltoids <laughs> working those mucinex beltoids and so like with so wani, wani kani it does that automatically for you it, it limits you on what you're allowed to do and it increases that limit as you progress forward and, and show that you can handle it though not everyone can i guess but uh yeah even if you're learning by yourself whether you're using Anki or textbook or something like that, you know, you got to think about like, how long can I learn before it, it you know, you start losing uh, what you're doing, where you, you start hitting those diminishing returns. And, and how much, if you can figure out what that is, and I, I don't really know how to tell you how to do that, because there's so many different ways to learn, then you can, you know, you can come back the next day and make another step forward and come back the next day after that and make another step forward instead of, you know, trying to burn out all in one day. Like, if you study eight hours in one day, it's not actually going to be that much more effective than studying, you know, like an hour or half an hour, I think. So if I did want to study yeah. a long time, say I'm like, you know, 
one of those new Wani Kani users is like, mm, num num, give me food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a Wani Kani user, very hungry <laughs> in your they mind. Say. Yeah. Um, like, w- what would be your recommendation for learning? Because you, you could interleave. Sure. And then would that, like, en- enable you to study a little bit longer? So obviously you can't go eight hours. Like no. That's probably just going to burn you out. I wouldn't. Over, over time. But could you, like, study a block of kanji, study your block, study your textbook for a little bit, do a little bit of Anki, and then, you know, over, like, piling all that together, you could get, like, maybe an hour, an hour and a half, or I don't know. How, how long do you think you could... Yeah, to do that without being inefficient. Well, of course, it depends on the person. Um, I think switching to different things will probably help you from your brain going to autopilot. Mm-hmm. But I think just in the end, like, and you know, depend. Like I said, depends on other, depends on the person. But the human brain, it just like can't stay uh, concentrating for a super long time mm-hmm. for most people. Like maybe thirty, forty-five minutes, sometimes an hour. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're really lucky, you'll you'll hit. A state of flow mm-hmm. but usually that state of flow requires like quite a bit of knowledge around a topic i think so you can't hit that flow until you've reached that level of ability i guess where you can go into that state like mm-hmm. if you're a beginner you're probably not going to be in flow yeah um i mean i'm sure you you will comment and and prove me wrong but i think for most people it's really hard to do that and so i think i think 30 to 45 minutes is a good amount of time and then mm-hmm. after that, you really do need that time of rest in order to like kind of process things in your brain. Like a lot of people, they say, okay, you got to learn something and then sleep on it. And that's like kind of your brain, like figuring out what's good and right. what to keep. And still like 45 minutes to an hour a day of that's study is, is quite a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, it, yeah, that's a commendable amount of study. Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't go that far. Like if you're beginning, I would start at about 30 minutes at the most, maybe, mm-hmm. um, there's, there is something to be said about stopping your study when you want to keep going. Like when you're feeling really good about it, mm-hmm. that's a good time to stop. You don't want to stop when you're feeling like, oh, I'm burned out. I'm tired and I'm done studying. You want to so still be won't excited. won't go back to it. Yeah, yeah. If you're not feeling good about it. It's like, it's like if you're watching a movie and you stop the movie at the most exciting time, then you're much more likely to be like, okay, tomorrow I really want to watch to see what, what Mr. America and the Hulk does. <laughs> In their next adventure. In Thur. And Thur. <laughs> Good old Thur. Yeah. And, you know, but if you stop on, like, the really boring part where they're, I don't know, where the, the Hulk and Thur are kissing mm-hmm. and, and making their, their, I don't know, what are they? Their God love? <laughs> their God love. <laughs> then, then, you're, then you're probably not going to, I mean, you might, you're probably going to come back, but you're less likely to. You want to set yourself up for success, uh, like. And that, that leads to, to more efficiency in the long run. You really have to think in this really, really long term, which is really hard for people, Yeah, I think, because they want you know, that progress now. Yeah, because learning Japanese is, is years and years, and yeah. probably you could argue your whole life. Yeah, one, one day isn't going to make a difference, but many mm-hmm. consistent days in a row, that's going to be what makes the big difference for you, mm-hmm. right? I'd, like I would, I would rather, I think if people studied 30 minutes a day, for a whole week versus eight hours in one day, one mm-hmm. time in a week, that's definitely much more effective. You're going to make a lot more progress compared to that eight-hour day, even though eight hours is more than, I think, 30 times seven. Yeah. Yeah. That's four and a half. That sounds right. What? Three and a half <laughs> hours. That's three and a half hours versus eight hours. You're spending less time, but you're spreading it out, 
and you're learning more. And that's, that's, I guess that's what we're talking about when it comes to efficiency. And I think a lot of people don't actually do those things because it doesn't feel as good and it feels mm -hmm. more difficult. It is more difficult. And so like you have to figure out how to, to create that good situation for yourself so you can do that. So my question is, uh, you're talking about doing, uh, you know, these, these 30 minute practice sessions sure. over many days. That's what makes a difference. Yep. Um, but we're also talking about like little micro efficiencies, like, you know, making sure that, uh, you don't study kanji too long and, uh, you know, all, all the, all the little things, uh, making sure you do, do hard work. So what if someone is, is being like kind of not efficient, but a little bit efficient, like they're not being completely inefficient, but they, they have some good habits, some bad habits in their Japanese, but over time, if they do their good slash bad habits every day for 30 minutes, They'll still make it somewhere, though yeah. maybe not as far if they were completely a one hundred percent zero body fat. Efficient. Make it somewhere, I guess. Yeah, like you know, I I think I don't know. It's, it's we're, we're we're giving you a lot of like really specific things you can do, and it's hard to mm -hmm. remember all of them. If you take away one thing at a time, that's great. I don't think anyone's gonna just do all of these at once because that's that's like another form of going all out and burning out as well. Right, adding too many habits to your habit pool. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think if you're going to take away one thing from all this, I would say if you spend 30 minutes a day and that's all you have and you, you figure out a way to spend 30 minutes a day, that's great. And then within those 30 minutes, if you just figure out or if you just do the hard things, basically, mm -hmm. and it's only for 30 minutes. But if you just do the hard things, then you're going to raise your floor. And I think a lot of people, what they forget to do is they they leave things behind, like they they leave hard, painful embarrassing things behind like mm -hmm. they don't they don't work on their pronunciation like in pronunciation it's not that hard like really but when you want to sit down and do it it's difficult because maybe you don't know how to do it or maybe it's embarrassing to do it because you would have to work with someone who would help you to fix those pronunciation issues and it's embarrassing to be wrong even though really you know it's not that embarrassing there someone's there to help you mm -hmm. they're your teacher or whatever and just doing those hard things is going to make you overall better. And if you're better overall, then everything else gets easier as well, too. Mm -hmm. But people, they leave these a few things behind. Like kanji is another one that people leave behind. They think, oh, I, I kind of don't need to learn kanji. You, you do, by the way. Mm -hmm. I kind of don't need to learn kanji, but so I, I'm just going to kind of learn as little as I can, which is you know maybe like 50 of them. Kind of like learn around it. Yeah, and then... Every time you do that and every time you try to learn around something, it's like you have to take a detour. And those detours get longer and longer and longer as you advance. Mm -hmm. And eventually they become impossible to, to get around until you actually build up that infrastructure of kanji mm -hmm. or pronunciation or, or whatever. And some are harder than others. But if you can look at yourself and figure out, okay, what am I bad at? And if you, if you can't look at yourself and know what you're bad at, then that's fine. It, it just means that you're still a really, really baby beginner. And like there's those stages where you're at unconscious incompetence, right? When you start where you don't know enough to know that you're bad. And that's great. That's a fun stage. But then you hit that conscious incompetence where you do know what you're bad at. And that's, that's a little bit later in the beginner process. And so once you get there, most people either quit because it becomes hard and you, wow, 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 I'm going to quit mm -hmm. because I don't like doing hard things. Well, what were you doing learning a language? But uh, you need to look really hard at those difficult things and then 
figure out how to fix them. And if you can fix those, you're going to raise your floor and you're just going to continue progressing forward. But if you don't raise those things, you're going to take smaller and smaller steps as you, as you keep going forward. Mm -hmm. So you can only go so far without raising your floor. Yeah. Yeah. Your, the floor has to, has to come with you eventually. And the whole idea with conscious incompetence is that you're not, you don't know enough yet to know how to fix those things. And that, that's what really sucks about it. Not so much that you're bad at something, but at that point, you know, you got to find someone who's gone through the same things as you and talk to them and figure out how they got through it mm -hmm. or ask someone who knows about these kind of things, or I guess, you know, like look it up, but you have to be, you have to be open to admit that you're bad at something basically Yeah, <laughs> and figure out how to fix it and then go about doing it. Would, um, would you say there's a way that you could, I mean, obviously finding someone else who can maybe audit you would be a good way to do it, but is there a way you can self audit? For some things you can, it really depends on what it is. Mm -hmm. Like if you're, if you're starting out and you know you're bad at kanji and you just have no idea how to get better at it other than just being like rote repetition and mm -hmm. writing those kanji hundreds of times, which is a really bad way of doing it, then that makes it hard. So that, that's why I think it's really good to try to find someone who's gone through it before you. And with Japanese, millions of people have, done, have gone through these kind of things. Mm -hmm. um, and you can always ask us on Twitter or something like that, and we're, or email us, and we'll, we'll be happy to help you out and send you at least in the right direction. Mm -hmm. um, but find some expert, or not even, not even an expert, just someone who took the same path as you did. And you can ask them, like, okay, what sucked? What was really hard? And then they can tell you what was really hard and how they overcame it. So you don't have to spend all that time in, like, the really hard, like, painful stage. You can just skip right to what they did to fix it and make it better and follow their training method. And, yeah. you know, if you ask around, you're going to find people with better training methods than than other people. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons we started doing the, the My Japanese Learning yeah. resources, uh, mm -hmm. which is called uh, What I Use to Study Japanese mm -hmm. on Tofugu. Um, and one I've of the learned things, a ton of stuff from those. Yeah, I have too. Um, I actually tried out uh, Adam from uh, Japanese Level Up. He talked about shadow walking, mm -hmm. um, which he does a little bit different than language shadowing I've heard of where you like read along with it. He does it where you do a little second behind. Mm -hmm. um, so I tried that in the park the other day, and that was actually pretty fun. Kind of gives your mouth a workout. But um, And in Portland, people don't think you're crazy. You're just <laughs> oh, another guy talking to yourself. There is always somebody saying something crazier <laughs> than you. Uh, but that, that's a tangent. The, the point I was trying to make was um, well, the main thing was to, to figure out people's resources, but you also get a lot of their methods in there, too. Mm -hmm. And you know, there's so many different ways to go about it, and you get great ideas from, from just hearing from other people. Totally, yeah. And those, those training methods, it's like... Just like if you look at if you look at professional athletes and you look at situations where like for example um, you have you have someone who's very good at, at at running for example who like just like totally blows everyone away and they they spent many years developing a training program in order to get to that point then once if you can learn what their training method is then you can skip all that like experimenting and figuring out how to get there you mm -hmm. can just start their training method that got them there. And then you can get there more fast. And that's why, like, with every generation in sports, you have records being broken. Uh, you have, like, you know, football players, baseball players, basketball players. They're all, in general, like, overall getting better over time. Mm -hmm. And that's because they can, they can look and see what the best people are doing and what their training methods are and just skip straight to that. Um, it's the same with like in sports where there's siblings who do the same sport. Mm -hmm. It's almost always that the youngest sibling is much better than the oldest sibling, even though if the oldest sibling is really good, like they, they took a while to get to that point. Whereas the youngest sibling, they just copied the training method of 
the older sibling who is getting to the successful level and then they become even better. So mm-hmm. it's, it's all about finding people's training methods and then copying them and not being ashamed of that mm-hmm. and then using that to, to get to their level and then beyond it once you get there. Yeah. I think that's a, a really good point about not being ashamed to copy someone else mm-hmm. because uh, like language learning or really anything you want to get good at. Um, I, I mean, I wouldn't say it never happens, but I think it's usually always better when you do it in a group or you learn from other people or you, or you recognize that, you know, you're not going to get there by yourself. Totally. Yeah. So learn from other people. Yeah. And if you, if you are just like sitting there on your own trying to figure it out, that's, I guess we're talking, what are we, are we talking about efficiency? We're talking about efficiency. Yeah. And like, that's, that's so inefficient. Just trying to figure it out on your own, just mm-hmm. find, find people who have gone through the same path as you are trying to go through and figure out what they did. They might not be hundred percent correct, but they're probably better than you are. Yeah. You can do that. You can iterate. You can change. You can, at the same time, figure out other people's strategies and make modifications. And that's how, like, overall advancements in in society happen, in sports at least, mm-hmm. and I assume in language <laughs> learning as well. Yeah. But really, isn't sports just an extension of society? Yeah. Isn't sports just language learning with your body? Yeah. <laughs> isn't language just sports with your mouth? <laughs> and on that note. On that note. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah. On that note, check out the series, What I Used to Study Japanese on tofugu.com. Yeah. yeah Mike, it's pretty good. Michael has his coming up. Yeah, mine's coming up. I wrote mine a long time ago. Mm-hmm. A bunch of other people have written really cool things. People yeah. that I respect who are pretty cool. Yeah. And then also people who I don't respect. Yes. Who also wrote cool things. Which one? Is, Which one are you? Which one are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, is, I, I guess we, we covered a lot of things, but there, you know, there's other things like uh, using frequency lists for vocabulary where mm-hmm. you learn only or you learn the most common vocabulary depending on like the actual frequency of use rather yeah. than just learning random vocab. One, one thing I hate about textbooks is a lot of them, they're like, here's all the sports words. Yeah. And it's like, okay, yeah, ba- baseball's kind of good to know, but why are we learning about curling? Actually, I know because curling's awesome. Yeah. But like... Why, why do I need to learn all these sports words all at once? And like some of them are useful. Many of them are not. Um, but like using frequency lists, uh, we're going to, we're going to write an article about that here coming up soon. I don't know if it'll be out by the time we publish this podcast, but I'm guessing not, but it is coming up. So follow Tofugu and all of its things if you want to see that. So if you hear this podcast, it's probably close ish. Mm -hmm. And if you hear it late, shame on you, but it's probably ready for you. Yeah. Um, So the shame becomes love. Yeah. Shame becomes (laughs) love. (laughs) Um, And yeah, that's all, that's all my notes about efficiency. Yeah. It's just, it's just don't do it all at once. Like think long-term mm-hmm. set up those. Oh, and I guess, I guess, man, I'm talking a lot. Sorry, but there's, you know, if you're, if you're setting yourself up for success in general, like setting yourself up to be efficient and be better at studying, like there's a lot you can do to, to set up like kind of like triggers and, and things like that. Um, are we talking about that in a different podcast? Maybe, but we could talk about it here too. <laughs> Just like uh, just making it so that like all your all of your temptations and you have to be honest with yourself what they are. All your temptations are are difficult to reach. And I'm not saying like make it impossible for yourself to play to play video games. I like video games, 
Um, but I put my I put my controllers in a somewhat inconvenient place, and like that inconvenient place is just like in my closet, and I could just go into my closet and grab them out of a box, and it's mm-hmm. not that hard. But for some reason, just doing that like makes it so that like ah, it's kind of kind of a pain to go into my closet to pick out the controllers. So I'm just gonna. I'm just going to work instead or like the thing that I want to like actually do, or yeah. maybe I don't want to do it, but I know I need yeah. to do it. So I set myself up so that it's easier to do it. And if I really want to play a video game, mm-hmm. if I really want to want to play some XCOM and, and, and name all the people in, in the office after people in the game. <laughs> so we can die. <laughs> so you can die. Yeah. I never let office people die. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> you live there. on. What are, what is Michael? I forget. No, I don't think you've joined my team yet. I think you're there to be recruited. Okay. Uh, Yeah, there's some good ones, though. Viet's a fun one. He wears, like, a skin-tight leather green suit and a beanie and a cigarette. Well, just like real life. Just like real life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, but yeah, actually, actually Kristen... She's like my best, my best person right now. I just started playing XCOM. That's oh, what really? I'm talking about. Yeah, so late, but yeah, she's she somehow survived the most battles, and now she's the strongest. Wow. Um, but uh, anyways, <laughs> on that note, I don't play it that much because my controllers are in a, a damn closet, and it's hard <laughs> to go get them. Um, but like, you can do that for for anything. Like even even if you like want to, you don't want to eat like cookies or something, but sometimes you want to eat them, so you just put them in a in an inconvenient place and mm-hmm. you're like in the crawl space. Yeah. There's something about that. That's just like, eh, it's too much trouble to do that bad thing. So I'll do something good. Yeah. So if you take away all those bad things, then you're going to set yourself up so that you can, you can actually do that Japanese studying that you think you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that tangent was all about. Well, that's good advice. I just want to tell people I'm playing XCOM. That's, that's also a good thing to do yeah. to tell people about XCOM. I've never played XCOM, nor do I really know what it's about. XCOM is the greatest kanji learning method of all time. Oh, really? Given to us by the aliens? Wow. Good thing aliens yeah. knew we wanted to learn kanji. Yeah. And and everyone knows I'm talking about the original XCOM, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know there was more than one. <laughs> Which one are you thinking of? Uh, the one that Darren brought in. On a, oh, the original on a CD-ROM. <laughs> yeah, that's the original one. It's so good. It's so hard. So difficult. Um, anyways, yeah. So that's that's efficiency in a nutshell. It wasn't the most efficient podcast, but, I think, but next hopefully you time will be more efficient because we learned. Yeah, and, from our and then when Jamal edits every other word out of the podcast so that when we're talking, we sound like this. And we're dropping every other word just like this. Yeah. Then it'll be more efficient. We are dropping every other word in our sentences right now. Yeah, we're just getting Jamal some more billable hours. Yeah. You're welcome, Jamal. You're welcome. All he heard was welcome. <laughs> <laughs> or you're Jamal. <laughs> uh but Don't uh, forget, everyone, you're Jamal. Good night. You're Jamal. All right, everyone, thank you so much for listening to our show. We have some action items for you, things that you can actually go out and do. You must do them, please. Yeah, please. If you want. Uh, the, first one, the first one is we want you to find one thing that you can make a little bit more efficient about your Japanese. Take one thing from this podcast. 
just one and apply it. Don't don't apply too many things. That that goes against what we were saying about burning yourself out, doing too much. Just find one thing, do it until it feels natural. You should want to do more things and not do them, but do that one thing until you feel natural and then add one more thing and keep doing that over and over again. Maybe every 20 days or so. Yeah. Then you'll have many things over time. Right. And then what what should you do when you decide that thing, Michael? So once you decide the thing that you want to do, I want you to tweet at Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, the oh, Prime I Minister of Japan. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. And his uh, handle is at Abe Shinzo, A-B-E-S-H-I-N-Z-O, and tell him what you're going to do uh, to make your Japanese better. And you can do this in English or Japanese. He has great English. Yeah, he's waiting for your tweets. He's we, waiting. We notified him. Yes. And he's waiting. And you Hand over foot for should you. tweet with the hashtag notice me Abe Senpai. And that's Senpai with an N because I don't want to search through two hashtags <laughs> to find your tweet. But if you do that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see what, if you did it. And then I'm going to talk about it on the next podcast. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, speaking of talking about things on the next podcast, uh, if you could do one more thing for us, if you could go on to iTunes and rate and review us. It'll only take a minute, and uh, we may read your review, whether it's good or bad. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and we really appreciate it. It does help us out a lot, especially in the whole like iTunes and podcast ecosystem. Yeah, Just that does. rating and review it does it does really help us so much. And we're you know we're doing this all after hours, after work hours, so that that you can listen to us saying dumb things. Yeah. Uh, and it's you late can right now. Uh, you can you can feel like. Koichi is cool, as Asuka P said. Koichi mm-hmm. is cool, and and sometimes Michael. Yeah, thanks, what, Asuka, Asuka P. P. <laughs> Thank you. The hell, I appreciate man. it. Um, and then uh, there's some other ones like uh, Mr. Mentos XX. <laughs> no, no, that's that's an old one. Oh wait, we read that one last <laughs> that's, time. That's, uh, it's like the most old one there is. Oh, oh, it's at the bottom is the new ones. Oh. I'll, um, I'll, I'll read this four-star one. This is the lowest <laughs> rating I've ever seen. So thank you, all hail the mighty glow cloud, who gave us four stars and said, the Michael and Koichi are very clearly experts on the subject of the Japanese language and the Japanese culture. Thank you. Well, thank when they're you. by themselves or with other of the Tofugu staff, they really shine. Thank you. Oh, that's nice. I feel like I learn a lot, and I'm also very informed. My only complaint has to come down to the interview podcast. Oh, no. It's great that Michael and Koichi are, are close enough to joke around, but sometimes these tangents can interrupt and take away from the person being interviewed. Oh, what? Really? Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> there's, there's more to that, but I, I, I won't read it. <laughs> more good things or less good they, things? They just they, they think our, our, our interview skills could use some polish, which is absolutely oh, yes. correct. Uh, yeah, I won't, I won't argue with that. Yeah, that's so um, true. <laughs> we always try to be respectful to the guests, but sometimes, you know... Sometimes they don't laugh at my jokes. I know. They don't laugh at mine either. And I try harder and harder to make them laugh until yeah. it gets really awkward. So interviewers, if you're listening and you're a future interviewer... We're trying. We're trying to bring trying you so into hard. the tangent. Please jump in and have fun with yeah. us. <laughs> Join. Because we're trying to make it a fun time. But I think interviewers feel like, why are they talking about uh, this cat <laughs> with, I don't know, mustard on its back? Or I don't know what we talk about. The mustard cat. Yeah, the mustard cat. Come and on. we're like, come on, join in the mustard cat conversation. Exactly. Then, oh. they, then they don't. Uh, I'll, let you, I'll let you have one more chance at reading a review, Michael. Okay. 
<laughs> Go ahead. I won't scroll to the top this time. Uh, I'll do. I'll look for a short you one. You can sort by most recent. That's what I did. Okay, here we go. Robajor said, uh, "Just wanted to drop a quick review of the Tofugu podcast to let everyone know it's great." Thank you, Robajor. I don't even see that one. Oh, oh I see. It. May first, twenty seventeen. I want to. I want to point out the most recent one on June fifth. That was yesterday, as of this recording. Matt Cars <laughs> says, "I don't listen to the podcast on iTunes." Thank you, Mike Cars. Thank you. I appreciate you. it. We appreciate Love you, you so much. Definitely going to the trouble to review yeah. us on iTunes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Do your action items. Do them. Yep. Get better. Do good. Yep. You'll you'll make it. Don't worry. Love you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Mwah. Mwah. Oh. Now it's oh. become our Ooh. ASMR kissing podcast. Oh. 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 My cars. <laughs> Oh. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to take my headphones your, off now. <laughs> your tongue is so rough, <laughs> Macarst. Mm. Mm. Oh. Koichi wakes up in a sweat. <laughs> his dog is licking him inside his mouth. He realizes it was all a dream. <sighs> is this the beginning he of He sighs heavily, wishing it was Macarst. <laughs> God, this is the beginning of the visual novel fanfic. Koichi times Makars. Someone <laughs> draws a comic and sends it to us. Please I'll definitely do. appreciate it. We'll definitely frame it. Mm. Yes. Makars. 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 <gasps> <gasps>